0: Hello and welcome to episode 242 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast. I'm your host, Simone Key. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, what we're going to talk about is if you ever find yourself feeling shame about your body, your eating, your life, what the scale says, I'm going to teach you some ways to shift out of that. I think honestly, we carry far too much shame in our lives as women, as physicians, And it not only makes your weight loss journey harder, but it makes your days feel worse. And this is something I've been thinking about and noticing in my own life, as well as it's come up a lot inside Thrive Academy for physicians in the coaching calls a lot lately, which is why I wanted to record this podcast episode for you guys, because it seems like it is just a given that it just has to be the way you feel. We're going to talk about that today because that's not true. It's not a given, it's programming. (laughs) It's how what we've been handed by society, the messaging that we've gotten and we've internalized it as truth. And we can start to decide to be like, nah, I don't need to carry shame regardless of my body, regardless of what the scale tells me. I can decide to do it differently. We're gonna go into depth in this as well as I'm gonna teach you just some really practical ways to manage it so that you can start to shift out of it. This is a topic that you are going to find you keep dealing with. It's not a one and done. It's not like you're like, okay, I just won't ever shame myself around my eating or my weight or anything else in my life because it is so deeply embedded that this is how we've been taught to relate to the world. It'll be something you keep doing. And it's been coming up again for me and I've been working on it again. And it's different work I find as I go along. It comes up in different ways, but it's still there. It's still like an ongoing process. Back before I started doing coaching, for me, it really came up as just the truth. Like this is just, this is not okay on my body. This is not an okay shape for my body to be. Now when it comes up, is a little easier to notice it for what it is. There's still some of those thoughts that come up, especially parts of my body, like my stomach, that I am sensitive about I have internalized beliefs like a lot of us do about what a stomach should look like and mine does not look like that and so it still comes up but what I notice the more I do this work is it's a little bit easier to notice not it doesn't come as fact so much as it comes as like oh that's like not a very nice thing to be saying to myself do I actually want to be saying to that where did that come from? And it's a little easier to loosen up and let go, but it is an ongoing process. And I I just want to share that with you because if you're finding it challenging, it's okay. This is a challenging topic to work on. The more you work on, the better you'll get at it, but it's not a situation of just flipping an on and off switch. Usually you will keep working on it over your life and that's okay. I think it's a really, really worthy work because when we are buying into the belief that there is something, anything in our lives or what we do to be ashamed of, it is dragging us down in this one life that we have, this limited number of days and weeks and years that we actually have to enjoy this life. Why do we spend so much of them feeling ashamed? Now, everybody's going to relate differently to the word shame. Some of you listening are going to be like, oh, God, yeah, I, I do really feel that. Other people might be like, oh, I don't know if I feel ashamed." And feel free to insert any other word that you want. But it's that negative experience where something about ourselves, our lives, our body makes us feel bad based on how we're thinking it should be, holding ourselves to an ideal and then making it mean something about how we actually are and telling ourselves we're not doing it enough or we're doing something too much because we're not matching this ideal and generating a negative emotion. Whether you identify that negative emotion as shame or some other negative emotion is totally fine. Everything we're gonna talk about is the same, but I'm gonna use the word shame because I think it really is underneath there. Sometimes we're not good at noticing shame because it is a painful emotion that in general, we want to shy away from. We don't want to see and experience shame. It's an emotion that makes you want to be like, oh, don't go there. Don't, don't open that door. There's something scary behind it. Let's just move away and move somewhere else. So I was thinking and I decided to like brainstorm a list of things we shame ourselves as physicians. And this is not a comprehensive list, but it's based on a lot of conversations with a lot of physicians as well as my own life. Some of these things you may identify with. There may be things I've missed and that's totally fine, but it'd be useful for you to just ask yourself, what other things would be on my list? Which ones of these do I identify with? So the ones I came up with, what we eat, huge amounts of shame spent around what we eat and talking to ourselves about what we should have eaten, shouldn't have eaten the exercise we feel we should have done or we should be doing, our bodies, their shape, their size, the weight, the number that the scale tells us, the size of clothes that fit our bodies, how those clothes fit, i.e. if they're pinching or pulling or snug in an area, our time with our kids, whether we feel we're spending enough time and if we feel that we're spending enough quality time Also, how we interact with the kids, whether we feel we're too irritable, not, didn't do enough enriching type activities with them, not spending enough time with them on their homework, not spending enough time doing the activities at the school or being involved in their school, all places that we will often shame ourselves about. Our houses, how they look, what clutter exists in them, whether we feel they should be cleaner, whether we feel... They should be decorated differently. There's a whole range of how that comes up. The things we are behind at at work, that pile of forms you haven't gotten to, that those notes or consultations you haven't done, that paperwork you're working through for me, my messy desk when my practice partners are always much neater than me. The things we feel we should have done better at work, so that time where the patient that one patient out of the whole week expresses some dissatisfaction with something that you did. And we beat ourselves up about that. Or the diagnosis that you didn't get as quickly as you feel you should have. Or the management plan that you started, and then a specialist suggested something different. There's all these different layers. Now, just look at all of that. And whichever one of those items that you identify with, and picture what amount of mental weight those create as you go through your days. And then picture that we're carrying that mental weight, that emotional weight, on top of managing our houses and our families, right? Research says for most families... The female in the relationship, this is obviously heteronormative research. The female tends to still keep most of the like management organization roles in the house, even if she's working outside of the house. So the roles that we play as manager, keeping everybody organized, making sure everybody has what they need, caring for our patients in the course of the day, and sometimes, you know, caring for challenging, complex situations emotionally charged and draining situations. The administrative duties, managing a practice, working with staff, doing all of the paperwork things that we need to do, being on call, duties where you're not the one in control of whether or not you're working or what your schedule is. It's based on what your pager or your cell phone does. Leadership positions. Kids' activities and making sure that they get where they need to go and modifying your schedule so that they can get where they need to go and you can be able to get them there. And this is, again, not an exhaustive list of everything that's going on. And so you picture all of these responsibilities that we carry, all of these things we're thinking about. And then on top of it, we pile all of this shame of. Not being good enough, not measuring up, not meeting that ideal that we have been given about how we should be, how we should behave, how we should look, how we should function at work and at home. And you know what? It's fucking exhausting. It is exhausting to do all of that. And it is okay if you feel exhausted when we talk about it. But you know what? The shame is optional. We don't have to keep the shame. We can start working on letting that piece go. You can also, as an aside, you can also make decisions about how many of those responsibilities you actually want to carry. But the big piece here, what I want you to work on or consider from this episode is that the shame piece, the telling yourself that you are not measuring up in any way is optional. And if we just let go of that, if you could imagine and just picture, if I walked through a day knowing that I was okay, that what I was doing was enough. That I was doing a good job at the things I was doing, including my body, including my food choices. That whatever those were, they were okay. Picture how your day would be different. Now, I know for some of you, when we're talking about eating and weight, those are kind of bigger trigger things. And you might be like, oh, but I can't tell myself that my food is okay. But I really want you to just suspend that disbelief and imagine If you let go of the shame around your food, if whatever you ate did not have to come with shame, just imagine how making future food decisions would be different. The times where you do choose to eat something that's not going to help you with your weight loss, that's something that might not be deemed to be super healthy, but you get to choose to eat it because you are an adult and there will be times that we choose to eat food that doesn't help with our weight loss and isn't super healthy. That's okay. But if it can just be that, it can just be like, eh, you know, right now I just made this decision to eat an ice cream cone and I really enjoyed it because I let go of that shame attached to the fact that I was eating an ice cream cone. And if I can just function without that shame around the food choices, the next decision is going to be a lot easier to be probably a healthy decision that supports your health and might support your weight loss goals. But when we shame ourselves around the thing we did, so if you choose to have an ice cream cone and you, the whole time you're eating it, you're thinking, I can't believe I'm doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't bad. It's not okay. Number one, you're not gonna enjoy the ice cream cone and that's a shame. Like if you're gonna eat ice cream, really enjoy it, savor it, let it sink in. But number two, you then walk away from that ice cream cone with this shame about the fact that you ate ice cream. You feel bad because you ate ice cream. And then what happens is the next time you're faced with food, you're making your decision around that food through this filter of, I already feel bad because I already ate this food and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to reach my goals. And I feel like I always do this and I can't control myself around these foods. And that's going to change not only the food you eat, but it's going to change your experience of making those food decisions. And I really believe we need to look more on the experience of the changes we're trying to create. Rather than only just, can I make myself not eat this food? So letting go of the shame, I promise you, will make healthier food decisions easier, but also more enjoyable, where you have a better experience doing it. That shame is not helping your weight loss journey. It feels like it is. And I know often when we coach around this inside Thrive Academy for Physicians, it's like we want to hold on to that shame because it feels like it has benefit. It does not have benefit. It is holding you back. It is slowing you down. It does not help you move forward. It feels like it is important only because we have spent so much of our life using it, using that technique, telling yourself, okay, this is the way I'm going to move forward. I will be a total asshole to myself about everything I eat. And I will spend all of my extra mental energy obsessing about my food because I tell myself I can't be trusted around food and I shame myself about my food choices. And we keep doing that because we think it's the only way, but it doesn't work, right? If it had worked, if it had been a really effective tool, you probably would not be listening to this podcast. It doesn't work. It's time to do it differently, to do it more kindly, to do it with compassion, to do it where the changes that you're making actually make your day feel better because you deserve that. Like we talked about, there is so much going on in your day as a physician. Please don't let your weight loss be something that you use to make your day worse. That's not fair to yourself and it is not effective. So one thing I find helpful when we're like, okay, how do we let go of the shame around the eating, the weight, anything else that we want to let go of shame around is let's think about where does the shame come from? is it truly us that have decided I should be ashamed of this thing I do? It's not. This is really messaging that has been handed to us by other people, by society, by the global they. (laughs) And who are they that have determined what a woman's body should look like? How women should feel about the food they're eating? How a woman should feel about how she's balancing work in a high Pressure field like medicine, along with family duties, who are they? And do we want to absorb their opinions into our lives? In general, they are probably cis hetero white males because that is who has created most of the society norms that we still base our lives on. And so the next time you're getting dressed and you catch a view of yourself in the mirror, and go into that loop about beating yourself up about that's not okay and i say this with a huge amount of love because i do this too i catch a view of my stomach and i'm like Ugh. <laughs> is an initial reaction but do i want them in quotation marks to decide how my day goes based on this implanted belief of what my stomach should look like in the morning when i'm getting ready for work no and when we look at it this way and I offer this as a tool because it helps me, is getting pissed off, being like, fuck off. They do not get to decide what I talk to myself about in that mirror when I'm getting ready. And if it really is just me deciding how I want to talk to myself in the mirror when I'm getting ready in the morning, why would I choose to say stuff to myself that's gonna make the rest of my day shitty? If I can let go of this belief that there is a right way that my body should look, a right way that I should talk to myself and I focus on how can I support this person that I see in the mirror who's working hard in the best way, I am not going to say stuff to her, to myself that makes me feel bad because that is not going to support her. That's going to make her day crappy, make her feel bad and probably second guess other areas of her life just because of how I perceived my stomach to look in the morning when I was getting ready. Think of the impact that this has and decide. Maybe you want to get a little angry. Maybe you want to get a little bit like, nah, not buying that anymore. Get indignant. And then from that place, decide how you want to think about your body, the things you're doing, the work that you've done in the day, what that scale number says. When we recognize that this pattern does not come from us. This patterning, we have absorbed it through our life. We have internalized it. It sounds like it is us speaking. But ask yourself who is it really speaking when you are mean to yourself and shame yourself about anything in your life? Who is it that's really speaking? And do you want to let them control you in that way? You get to choose. You can decide not to. You can decide to move forward in a different way. So here's the reality. And I really want you to think through this. If you are awake and breathing, Your body is amazing. Just think about sitting here listening to this podcast, all of the things that are going on in your body in the background that you're not actively thinking about or doing anything about, the complex chemical reactions, the neurotransmitters, all of the things that are happening that keep you just alive and breathing. That is amazing. And the size of the body that's alive and breathing, the shape of the body that is alive and breathing, The number on a scale, if you were to weigh a body that's alive and breathing, does not do anything to take away that amazingness that we have life and it's precious and it's amazing what our bodies do to create it. On your worst days, this is another reality. On your worst days as a female physician, you know, the ones where you think, I really like didn't get anything done. There's so many things on my to-do list. I messed up on the time I had to pick up the kids. I didn't relate to that patient well and they got annoyed with me and I went out for fast food at lunch and I'd been so careful with my diet. You know those days? <laughs> Have you had those? <laughs> Even on those days, on your worst days, you are doing an amazing job. You are doing An amazing job, even on the days where you feel like you have failed, where you feel like you suck. Those days, you are doing an amazing job. The third reality is doing more, being a smaller size or a lighter weight, fitting into smaller clothes. None of that will make you more amazing because you already are. That amazingness is inherent, it belongs to you regardless of what you do with your days and what your body looks like. What size you are, whether your weight has gone up or down, that amazingness is an inherent quality in you. I want you to let those sit in because those are not the ways we think about our lives, right? Your body is amazing. On your worst days, you are doing an amazing job. Your worst days show you your strength and how amazing you actually are, even when you feel like you kind of missed the bar in some areas. Doing more, hustling more, taking on more tasks, pushing yourself to lose more weight or to change your body in some way does not make you more amazing. That amazingness exists right now, regardless of where you are, what your body is doing. Now, I want you to consider if you want to lose weight, if you were to be able to do it from that place of am amazing, the fact this body is alive and moves and breathes is amazing. And maybe I want to honor this body by really taking good care of it, both mentally and physically. And that may involve eating healthier. It may involve working on changing your weight. But the experience of that weight loss, that journey is going to be so much different than when you're trying to do it from the place of shame. And so I think when we work on letting go of this shame, it doesn't mean you can't work on your weight or focus on your eating while not shaming yourself. I think sometimes that's a misnomer of like, okay, either we are over here in the diet stuff or we have to just accept everything. And I don't think that's true. I think the value of this work is if you do decide you want to make changes, make them from a better place, make them from a place of caring about this amazing body and this amazing person you are rather than thinking that there's something wrong with you and trying to shame yourself into making change. Let that just sit in and bubble a little bit in your brain. Make the change to enjoy life more, to experience life more. And if that's your goal, then the way you make the change, the way you focus on losing weight matters, right? Like if we're doing it because we care about this amazing body and we want to care for it more then just hopping on some restrictive diet and hanging on for willpower is not going to be the right answer. That doesn't mesh anymore. If we start from this place, then what we need to focus on when we're working on weight loss is how can I approach changing the way I'm eating, being more healthy, focusing on more physical activity in ways that honors myself and makes my life better every day. That's very different from usually how we approach weight loss because we usually think Life gets better when we hit that goal. What I'm talking about is every single thing you do if you're working on weight loss should make your life better. It should feel good. It should feel abundant. It should feel enjoyable, pleasurable. Like it's so different from how we've been taught to lose weight. And this is what I teach inside Thrive Academy for Physicians. And the more I do this work, the more years I get more passionate about it because the way we have been taught to approach weight is wrong and it makes our lives worse. It contributes to the burnout that we experience as physicians because on top of all the work and the system issues we're dealing with, then we pile on the shame that we've been talking about in this episode. It contributes to that burnout and it's optional. We can let it go. Okay. So the next thing that we can do, I was watching last night, the Netflix special from Renee Brown. If you haven't watched it, it's very good. It's about courage and basically vulnerability as a requirement. For courage. It was really good. But one of the things she talked about is switching to gratitude or some of the research she did around gratitude. And I was already working through this podcast episode for you guys. And I was like, that, like, consider if all of those things we shame ourselves about that we tell ourselves are too, too much. (laughs) Like, you think about like stomachs, they're too big, too saggy, too floppy, too many stretch marks. Butts are too big, too flat too saggy, too round. There's just all of this thinking. What if we could turn some of those into things we're actually grateful for? I think it's a really powerful way to shift out of the shame and recognize that underneath everything, there are good things. There are things to be grateful for. And again, if you're looking at a habit that you previously have deemed as bad, or a part of your body that you've deemed as like unacceptable, and we can shift to gratitude about it in some way, it's going to make it easier to problem solve and work on coming up with solutions that honor you, that make your life better, that make your days better, like what we've just been talking about. So I wanted to share with you, I brainstormed a list for myself, the things I shame myself about, and how I would view it with gratitude instead. And I'm sharing this with vulnerability, in themes in the theme of Brittany Brown's Netflix special. But I want you to consider her again, which ones of these resonate? Feel free to take away. If they resonate with you, borrow them for yourself. And if I don't hit on one of yours, just take the moments after you've listened to this to think, how could I be grateful for that instead? Instead of hating it, instead of being ashamed of it, instead of always telling myself that it's just totally wrong that it exists, how could I be grateful for it instead? Okay, so I'm grateful for all of the delicious food I've enjoyed in my life, be it healthy or not healthy, because I haven't enjoyed a lot of food and I love food. I'm grateful for the fact that I can choose to overeat because I am blessed with food security. It is something to be very grateful for. I'm grateful for my jiggly, saggy abdomen because it bears signs that my body grew kids that I have three healthy kids. And this is not something I always thought I would have. I dealt with infertility for quite a few years and wondered if I would ever have kids. And the fact I have stretch marks on my stomach and some extra sag to it after having kids is a reminder that it did that amazing work of creating life. So something I haven't even touched on on all the other stuff we've been talking about, but how amazing is it? Our bodies, regardless of size, shape, any of that stuff, can actually grow human beings, birth them, and then continue to grow them through breastfeeding. It's amazing. It's mind-boggling amazing when you think of everything that has to happen. And so I choose to focus on gratitude for my stomach because it reminds me that I have three healthy kids. I'm grateful for being able to help patients in some of the biggest moments of their lives, both positive and negative, and be able to be there and support them in the way that they need. Even on the days where I'm tired, I wish I could have a day off, or I'm feeling a little burnt out, I'm still grateful that I can be there and I can help and support people. I'm grateful for the times my husband annoys me because he's here and I have the security to be annoyed at him and not worry that it risks the relationship. I know that I can be annoyed and he will still be there. And I'm grateful for that. I know not everybody has that. I'm grateful for the times that I choose to snuggle into my bed instead of getting up to exercise. And this morning was one of them. Totally skipped out on my workout this morning. But side note, there was going to be a lot of rowing in it. And I really don't like rowing. And that's partly why I stay in bed. (laughs) But it's a luxury. I'm grateful for it because those days where I choose to do it, It's a luxury that I don't always have. I don't always get to choose when I get up and how much time I spend in my bed. And I can be grateful for the days where I gift myself that little bit of luxury. And I can trust myself that I will still get physical fitness in. I will still honor it. I'm grateful for the hard workouts that I have, the ones where I don't really want to do it. Like maybe if I'd shown up and actually done that rowing workout. (laughs) The times where I just... It feels like I just want it to end. I'm grateful for those because I can move my body. My body can move. I can do those workouts. And that hasn't always been the case. I've had a lot of injuries where I haven't been able to work out in the way I wanted. And I've done a lot of palliative care. I know that things can change very quickly where you lose that ability. And so I choose to be grateful for it right now. I'm grateful to be able to talk to you guys and share these experiences and share my wisdom because I really believe this matters. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. This has been a topic that means a lot to me. I've been thinking about this one for a long time and trying to figure out how to bring it together for you. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it that it resonated with you if you have takeaway points, if you come up with other things that you want to feel grateful for where previously you might've felt ashamed of send me an email, info at physicians.ca. You know what? One of the grateful things I forgot about is I am grateful for the messes and the clutter in my house because it shows that life lives here and there's creativity here. And I know at some point, our house is gonna be a lot quieter than it is right now. and will be a lot easier to keep clean. So right now, I choose to be grateful for all of those messes. Now, if you are a physician and you're wanting to lose weight, we have tried doing it that other way of like shaming yourself, beating yourself up, trying to restrict, ending up obsessing over the food, feeling like it takes so much energy that you don't actually have to do, then it's time to learn how to do it differently. And that's exactly what I do inside Thrive Academy for physicians. We take everything we've learned about weight loss and we check out any of it that makes your life worse. We check out any of it that you don't actually want to do. We start with what experience you are wanting to create for yourself and learn how to build a customized approach to your own weight and eating that honors what you're wanting to create for yourself, that honors the experience you want to have. And by doing that, it becomes very sustainable. So if that sounds interesting to you and you want to learn more, head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab and There's a button there that says fill out a consultation or request a consultation. Hit that button and just request a consultation. These are your opportunity to talk to me where we can talk about what your goals are, what are your challenges, what is the experience you're wanting to create, and I'll tell you honestly if I think I can help you. And then if you want, if it feels like it's going to be a good fit, we can talk more about what it would look like for you to join us inside Thrive Academy for Physicians. So that's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Click on the work with me tab, request a consultation, and then you and I can talk. This is the only way to join Thrive Academy for Physicians. It's by application only because I really want to make sure that when you join, you do it with the confidence that this is the right program for you that you're joining knowing that it's an investment that's going to change your life all right have a fantastic week guys thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you later bye bye.